Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Controversial subjects with the facts can be tense, but we are a sub-science here to make things make sense. Today we are talking about perfectionism, what it is, how it affects your body and brain, if it's a good or bad trait to have, and how you know if someone around you has it. But first, we're going to be talking about Neanderthal DNA, as well as the NoFap movement. The NoFap movement is people who do not masturbate as an identity? Yeah, well, it's like a abstinence from masturbation and pornography, like community, seemingly online, but we'll get there. Cool, we bro! Keyboard! Um, anyone else so ready for winter to be over? Yeah, it's <laughs> tough here in Toronto. I keep seeing, like, weather from places like New York, and it's, like, warm, and it's, like, we're kind of close to there in Toronto, but it's every Friday, snowstorm. Yeah, we've had, a like, a bunch in a row, and it's just been... We've had some sunny days, but honestly, it's mostly just gray. And now I feel like we had the time change and I'm just like extra sleep yeah, it's deprived. Bad. So it's, it's really like bad. all hit at once. It's bad. And it's currently like like a bit of a snow outside. So I think it's like, just, I think it's more the lack of sun for me. It's the lack of sun for me. <laughs> and also just like, yeah, I don't know. I wanted to know what it is. I haven't done my usual winter jump in the lakes, cross yeah. country ski. Like You haven't done your ice diving. Yeah, I've just... I've just been that person who's like winter sucks, like which is like what lots of people do, but it really does not help. Like there are beautiful parts of winter that I have completely yeah. ignored. Yeah, me too. And now I am sad, and it is my own fault. I am not higgy, as the Danish say. I'm like <laughs> I don't want to get cozy. I want it to end. I want to see a bud on a tree, and I want the birds to be back. For me, also March is such a little sneaky month, and it's also my birthday month at the end. And I'm always like, okay, I know sometimes it can be like hot and sunny at the end of March, but a lot of times it can be full on blizzard. But it gives me that sense of hope. So the fact that it's yeah. still snowy it's and bad. gray makes yeah. me feel like that's oh, bad here. Yeah, St. Patrick's Day is like soon, I think, and it's like you either picture like drunk white people who, for some reason, still celebrate that. No offense <laughs> if you do, but it's just like the least. <laughs> yeah, I was cool. gonna say like, what a weird holiday. <laughs> like. They're either like in doing their first patio day, like burning their white right. skin for the first time, or what I think it'll be this year is like hibernating still. It's actually like <laughs> wet feet, slush, Ugh. gross, sad. So, anyways, we're gonna try and change the tone a little bit. Yeah, but hopefully like, everyone's going through this blot together. Sometimes, you know, having everyone feel it at the same time can give you relief. Knowing if, that we're struggling, knowing that you're struggling. Sometimes it's nice to know we're all struggling. No, together. but I think a lot of people here like live in Australia or something who are <laughs> listening and there's like, oh, it's summer. We actually just had pride. I've been like split in half. Oh, okay, let's be split in half during pride. Like, okay, <laughs> moving on. Oh, what did we learn this week? 
So I learned about Neanderthal DNA. So this I thought was so interesting, which is that before Neanderthals died out, their populations were so small that since we now know that Neanderthals did mate with us, homo sapiens sapiens, homosexual homo sapiens sapiens, <laughs> that because there's just so many people on earth now who have like a lot of people who are white like me have about 4% of our DNA that can be traced to Neanderthals because there's so many people on earth right now with the 4%, let's say Neanderthal DNA in them. There's technically more Neanderthal DNA on earth currently than when Neanderthals existed. Because there's so many humans. Because there's just so many homo sapiens now with <laughs> Neanderthal DNA in them. It's kind of cool. Because of all the slutty mixed breeding. Yeah. <laughs> also, <laughs> Neanderthals, um, they were so compact and had such like massive muscles that they would require 4,480 calories per day. On average? Yeah, like hot. Right? Whoa. So they were like way bigger. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Oh, wait, what? Sorry. It wasn't, they weren't like bigger is obviously like over, like could mean many things. No, this was just uh, a bit based on their like musculature and like the way their bodies like burnt. They fair, weren't bigger. Maybe. They weren't bigger. And to be honest, actually, like even Homo sapiens, I'm curious what their calorie count would have been to be like necessary calorie count because they're probably doing so much more physical activity. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like if you're like, I guess you're not yeah. running and hunting all the time, but part of me is like, even if the calorie counts way higher, they may actually be just so much more physically active Yeah, and up and about and moving and getting those 10,000 steps every day. You know yeah. I mean? They got, <laughs> they got their 10,000 steps. That's for sure. And with those, with their little Fitbits <laughs> being like, hit it. Okay. I'm going to lay down now. <laughs> if they only knew what we would become kind of sad because we're in heating in the winter and a little bit like, mm, I'm bored. Yeah. But they'd also be like, okay, jealous. That's what I'm saying. They're oh. like, they're literally looking at us like, why are you sad? Are you kidding? We would. Yes. Although everyone, like every self-help science book is kind of like, you got to live like the Neanderthals in order to feel better. Like move, you mean? Yeah, like move, eat <laughs> berries and whole grains. It's just the most annoying thing to hear, but it, I obviously believe it's true. And anytime I'm getting inactive and just being too lazy, I feel like crap, actually. Yeah, yeah. So it, I hate hearing it, but then you're like, but I know it's true. Yeah, <laughs> it's yes. Things of life. All right. My question is, is the NoFap movement good or bad? Oh, so a new study just came out about NoFap. Um and what they found was that the more somebody engaged with this movement, which is typically online communities that they're part of about NoFap, the more likely they were to have depression, anxiety, and suicidal feelings. So the more that they were involved with the no masturbation community? Yeah. Um, so basically, Aww. for people who don't know yet, yeah, it's like an abstinence towards masturbation, often towards pornography as well, which doesn't necessarily in itself seem like a bad thing. No, like um, I'm like, porn's a little toxic, I must yeah. say. And, but many in this community believe that it can reset your body to a healthier state by abstaining. Mm. Um, and some even claim that no fap, like, or fapping is harmful and that not doing it can cure erectile dysfunction, can cure pornography addiction and even suicidality. So those are pretty big claims. So mm. the, these studies are like, we're going to look into this community and see what actually is the case when people engage with it. So the study really found that the reason or the correlation seemed to be that when people failed, so say you fell out of abstinence, AKA they came, masturbated yes. to porn or not. Um, when they relapsed, they were really likely to feel shame, worthlessness, sad, a desire to commit suicide, and a oh lot of other God. negative emotions. Um, so, and and that correlated, like, the more they were involved with the community, the more these anxious and depressed feelings came out. Hmm. So, despite them probably wanting it to help them, it, it was so much pressure for them that when they failed, quote-unquote failed, the 
it like really impacted their mental. They felt so much shame after masturbating, which if that is the way I felt after masturbating, I would not be a happy guy. (laughs) Yeah. And now the other part about these communities that they found in the same study, they interviewed and like surveyed them. Um, People in those communities admitted that they would often see trolling, misogynistic, bullying behavior, anti-LGBT and anti-Semitic behavior. So these communities are... Um, like populated by some of these negative things. It was one in five visitors to NoFap reported viewing threats to harm or kill someone. So the study... So it's re- a negative... Yeah, sort of ultimately community. the study was like, this is not a useful way. If that's hmm. something you're trying to... Like these communities aren't helping people feel mentally better. And ultimately their conclusion was, if you or someone you know is concerned about pornography viewing or abstinence, um, in masturbation, like it's not a good option for support. And instead you should be focusing on depression or anxiety that like is usually from some other underlying condition. Like it's more useful to focus on that. So I just thought that was a good thing to know. Yeah. I think I kind of knew about the no fat movement being like dark. It seems a little like shamey and intense. Like, and it's probably, uh, I assume predominated by men. And so as a result, like the kind of, like this was saying, basically, like when you're trying to recover from something, you should be in a no violent, like, yeah. like no violence. Also, um, it links situation. It links to perfectionism and that it's all or nothing thinking. It's like right. you should be allowed to masturbate like and not if you don't think it's a problem. Mm-hmm. Like masturbation is not a bad thing. Like, yeah. And no, so however you want, if you want to do it or want to not do it like that. Can be healthy either But if you're way. shame, if you, yeah, uh, it, it, it it makes sense to me that it's like so intense, like no fab. And if you do, it's bad. Then it's like, of course, it's gonna end up bad because you're going to masturbate. Yeah, and you're right. Even even when it comes to health and diet, like if you have a diet perspective that if I ever cheat and have yeah. chips or cake, and now suddenly I have to feel so much shame, that's obviously not gonna help you in the long run. If you feel so hard on yourself, because no matter what, it's inevitable that you're gonna slip up at some point. Yeah. No matter what you're trying to accomplish whether it's good or to stop something or to achieve something, you're going to slip. So that's probably intertwined, but um, just something I thought would be useful for people to know who are considering joining those communities, not necessarily deciding if they want to like minimize their. Yeah. Porn's so intense. Like that's a serious, I think issue for a lot of people because of the internet. And I think you're right. There's other, like just maybe the no fat movement isn't like the first place to go find some other things, but it's really predominant. So it makes sense that people go there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Easy to find. It kind of, oh, it kind of links to perfectionism. Okay, let's. I'm excited. This yeah. is so interesting. Okay, we'll take know. a break and then come back and talk about perfection. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
mechanism. I finally hit the right one. <laughs> study time. Study time. Study time. Study time. I'm so, perfect. <laughs> what did you say? I said I'm perfect. Oh my God. This podcast is about me. Actually, it deeply is. I think it, I honestly like. <laughs> I'm not perfect, by it, the way. And no. I suffer from perfectionism. Or I have, and I feel that I've come yeah, a long way. Yeah, you've worked really, like, I <laughs> careful what you say mister. no I know I am I'm like I am like oh my god when I was doing this research I was like oh my god this is a huge part of your life I think and you have worked on it a lot and I like to think that I like have some perfectionist traits but I'm like do I have the opposite problem like am I like what would it be called like I don't know messy like sucking at life no 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 no, 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 no. no. I'm it's trying like, to think what is the like no I actually think it's so sliding scale so yeah. I'm actually going to read some studies definitions to start off about okay. perfectionism but I think it will help people Excessive concern over making mistakes, high personal standards, doubts about quality of actions, perception of high parental expectations, perception of parental criticism, preference for organization and orderliness hmm. are like six, <laughs> oop, like six <laughs> factors. Check that, like check, yeah. check, check, check. <laughs> but uh, there are other, there are other. We'll get more in detail in the studies, but like I sometimes it's sliding scale if i'm around certain people mm. i feel like i'm a perfectionist in that group right it's rare i can think about high school i can think about times where i'm like um in a and maybe, project and i'm like these standards aren't to my I, like right. come on people but in my life and living with you i'm like <laughs> oh my god i'm so not that and i kind of look down on myself sometimes for that and no reading this, i don't I think you should realize how hard yeah like perfectionism yeah. is First, I'll say that, yeah, I think it's probably situational. Like, I don't think you're really, you don't carry traits of perfectionism, but that doesn't mean, like, you don't have to be a perfectionist to excel and try hard and do well in certain scenarios, right? Like, yeah. just because you're trying to do well on an exam doesn't mean you're a perfectionist. So I think you, it's because yeah. you can see yourself trying hard. You're like, you don't want to say that. It's like, you're not actually the opposite of perfectionism, but you just have like a normal level. And in certain situations, you probably take some things more seriously. You have a better gauge on when to like let go of something. Yeah. Um, but okay. So when did you first sort of yeah, maybe what, think that you were a perfectionist or real? Like honestly, my what I will say, stuff, it was crazy. Oh God. So um, for me, I think when I was younger, I was given the impression, and I think a lot of people were, that perfectionism was a good trait. Like, huh. I remember being proud to be a per perfectionist. Huh. I remember that word meant a good thing. It meant, huh. like, you try, like, in my mind, it was like, that means you try really hard, and you care about, like, the things that you're doing, so you, you're not I, lazy, and you're... So, so you self-identified as a perfectionist yeah, from a young age? Yeah, probably, not, not like from, you know, probably when I was in high school is when I started to be like, yeah, I try really hard. I'm working hard in school. I like practice my piano. I do all these things and I could start to realize, I don't know if it was associated with how other people perceived me and would say like, wow, like you're really good at that thing. And then I'd be like, well, I'm a perfectionist. That's uh, why. Right. Uh. And I probably heard that word. And I think for a long time, it was like a personality trait that I would say out loud and feel proud to say and people would be like wow that's amazing you're a perfectionist wow and so i never it never even like struck me or occurred to me that it could be bad when did it start to occur to you that it could be bad um you know when you like face severe depression in your 20s and you're, no um well no actually, don't yeah. say no like is that true 
Yeah, I think any, un- well, okay. Without getting like too personal and like talking too much about like people of my life, I think in university is when you start to see, is the first time you're like held up against like other people. Like in high school and grade school, it's kind of easy to be standout as well. Huh. You're in a smaller group who's like localized to where you're from. In university, A, life becomes harder. School becomes harder. Like I didn't do as well as I thought I would. Huh. And so I think I started to see the burden of putting so much pressure on myself and not being able to live up to that standard. But that didn't necessarily fix it. I think for many years, I just thought I just have to be even better. I just have to like work even harder and obsess and whatever. And it's not always expressed in like um, academics. Like you kind of even mentioned like being orderly. That's like a way it's expressed more recently as I've gotten older. Like I was never like super clean or anything. Preference for organization and orderliness. It's just a way to clock. Okay, wait, when you start thinking, am I a perfectionist? Is someone I know a perfectionist? If someone's obsessed with orderliness, it's just a place to start. Yeah, and that can, I'm sure, be linked to a lot of other things. For example, like people who have um, OCD or different levels of like compulsions to want yeah, this to be clean. Yeah. It might not be They're perfectionism. They're not necessarily perfectionists. Yeah. just thinking about that. But I think, I don't know, it's really hard when you evaluate yourself, especially on a podcast, it's probably more useful in like a, with a psychologist or a therapist. But it's hard to like untwine things. So a lot of times for me being orderly is because I don't have a great memory. So I'm like, when I organize files on a computer if i don't do it a certain way i will have a hard time later Hmm. right so i'm like well was it because i'm a perfectionist and i needed to be a certain way or is it because i found a system that makes my life easier but at the core of it at some point probably probably took till my 30s i'm sure in my late it feels like a recent thing you've really worked on yeah i think like really done well finding i'm just like don't want to keep talking about myself, but hopefully it's like interesting enough to other people who either suffer from it or know other people. I think it was helpful in one way to have a level of a success and then be like, none of this fucking matters. <laughs> Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. To not, to still not be happy to be like my perfectionism actually never leads to happiness. When I was younger, hmm. I thought that was correlated. I thought, being a perfectionist can get me to a place where I will be happy and proud and satisfied. Huh. And then spending a long enough time in your life when you realize like, wait, everything's just a new benchmark that resets the scale. Once you have X, now it's just not enough and your perfectionism just wants more. So you're less like more. being like, oh, I, my, my perfectness is striving to get certain things and then you got them and you're like, wait, I don't even want these. Yeah, or, or just like nothing when it comes to money or success or like um, having things like what do you call like material material sessions i think a lot of people learn that lesson you realize as you age you're like wait this is like pretty meaningless it didn't i really thought my perfectionism was for a reason and as i got older i realized all it's doing is making life hell in the moment with the hope that the future will be better and And that's not a guarantee also like also why this podcast and the studies are interesting is realizing that when you read about perfectionism it's all from a psychological standpoint of how bad it can be for people's lives yeah i think maybe there was i think for you there was a point where like 
I've known you for so long. I'd say the first seven or eight years of our relationship, you were not willing to admit that it could be a bad thing. Totally. I, 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 think, I genuinely believed yeah. it wasn't. Yeah. And I think it was because like, because it was part of my identity. Yeah. And yeah. part of like the things I'd achieved. I've been like, if I wasn't a perfectionist, I wouldn't have gotten like, people being proud of me for those moments or yeah. people saying, wow, like he did really like play that it, piano piece so well, you know, you think like, Oh, my trait got me to this point that I'm proud of. But I feel like maybe the, one of the main things even before getting it and realizing it was pointless was maybe starting to be like, even almost if you had read these studies earlier, it would have helped to be like, wait, it's not a, always a good thing. And that's right. what these studies are saying. Being a perfectionist isn't always a bad thing. Right. I think a lot of the psychological studies are around it being, damaging and leading to depression because I think a lot of people actually think it's a good thing. And so they're right. kind of like counteracting it. And a lot of the studies say, we're not trying here to say whether it's good or bad. It's about trying to figure out what part of it serves you, your life well and what part of it serves it negatively. Mm -hmm. And I think it like is surprising how much of it can serve. Negative. I feel like for me, there was a moment where I think you were able to accept it was a bad thing, which yeah. took a long time. And once that happened, it felt like it was probably easier to be like, okay, now I have to deal with the repercussions of it. Whereas before I didn't even, wasn't even willing to admit that there could be bad totally. things. And like, to be clear, like these traits are with me probably for, Oh God, you still, <laughs> you still <laughs> like have them. Now I can recognize in general, like I easily can recognize now it's not a point blank good thing. Yeah. And in fact, I can recognize most of the times it's like actually destructive, but like when I, am editing or when I am creating something like those traits are nearly impossible for me to give up without mm -hmm. e even with you on the outside being like, it's done. It's done. No, it doesn't even done. matter what I say. Yeah. But like... those things do help as like little like boundary keepers. But yeah, there's so many psychological studies that link it to depression, anxiety, self-harm, eating disorders. Yeah. Like, so it's a severe, ultimately like judgment and I realize over time like I have severe judgment of myself like I don't know that I have there's like um self-oriented perfectionism and other oriented yeah here wait, let's go okay let's get into some of the like I'm gonna say a little more of the study stuff then you'll keep talking because I feel like you're gonna have so much more in interesting information okay but yeah there, there's three orientations of perfectionism so self-oriented is when you have high standards for yourself socially prescribed is when you feel like others expect you to be perfect Mm. So it's not about your own, like your own standard. It's about the fact that you think everyone else is looking at you, listening to you, Expecting judging you. Expecting you to be, yeah. yeah. And you can have all of them. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. in these ones, I'm like, these are all you. they <laughs> <Yeah>. oriented <laughs> is when you actually place high standards on others and everyone needs to be up to your standards. Yeah. <laughs> and then in that same study, they said that they do think perfectionism is considered a cognitive distortion. Hmm. And so a cognitive distortion is merely just like a lie that your brain sends to your conscious mind and some cognitive distortions we can get into, but like, actually, yeah, no, let's just, let's just keep talking about that. So self-oriented high standards for yourself, socially prescribed feeling like everyone else is judging you. So you have to be perfect. Other oriented, holding other people to higher standards. Like, do you f identify with one more than the other? They, they said you, they all bleed together. Yeah. I can see like examples of them all in my life. I think for sure the first two self-oriented and socially like the ones that reflect on me end up hitting more like I might in some instances think that other people should behave a certain way but in general I don't think I think other people should be perfectionists. yeah I feel, I'm not I feel like that really, was the least yeah yeah I mean every now and then and honestly you probably get the brunt of it when I'm like the house should be tidied like this or organized like this like those ones might be putting it out in the world but I don't know like I 
I don't expect it of other people, really. There might be some neurotic situations where I'm like, why didn't that person do it that way? That's yeah, annoys but I me, always but. think about how hard it is for you to work with other people. Oh, totally. Like you don't yeah. you don't work well and collaborate well, and I'm like, I, it has to. It, it, to me, I'm like, it's your perfectionism because. Yeah. And you even there's this famous thing in our work where I have to do it alone because if I include you in it, then it has to become to your standards, mm-hmm. and now everything I've done is a wash because you're now like, well, it has to be as good as I would do it, and that means I'm going to get so involved. Yeah. And we've had to work really hard with like <laughs> making you actually like having long conversations before I get you involved with things to be like, I don't want all of your perfectionist input. I just want your instinct. Right. And then you've sort of gotten better at that. But to be honest, we've just actually started working separately. Yeah. Like it's so interesting when I was reading these things, I was like, it really is. I think one of your biggest challenges in your life. Yeah. I mean, it's hard because I do see it on one level. And I think this is true about everyone and their traits is sometimes like your greatest strength is your greatest weakness. Yes. Like I obviously want to be able to still be proud of like the things I've worked hard on and the things I've spent a lot of time on. And I don't, it's hard for me to just like fully be like, well, not entangle that like my perfection was part of me being able to do those things well because I would like obsess over it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, but I think what it is, is it's like realizing that, I mean, this is me observing you has been so intense and it so is about you. Whereas I'm like, I want to be like, I'm sort of one too. Right. <laughs> but like, I'm like actually a mess. But like, um, I think you still have so like when I think about your issues that sometimes get generally like, like you'll talk to me and they'll get blanketed under like, something else going on Mm -hmm. when I was doing this research I'm like I feel like so many of your challenges are actually linked to this specific trait as I read about it which I found so interesting which is like even the idea of one of the biggest issues in a meta-analysis was that perfectionism leads to procrastination Hmm. and I was like I can't like (laughs) there like there's a project that you've just finished that has taken you two years that like if we were switching places and I had your skills would have taken me literally a week because I would (laughs) have no but it wouldn't have been as good it would have been like it's unbelievably amazing what you have done but like it is so interesting to me as I was reading about procrastination well I mean you're right ultimately I did probably finish it in a month's amount of work and it took me two years. Do you know because what I mean? I like there was I so put it off, fear I overwhelmed it myself. Yeah. yeah. And I overanalyzed certain parts and spent way too much time on them. And then there was probably a, an actual year break where I was like, I, it's not good enough. I can't do this. I'm going to cancel mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And so I just like stopped working on it. And so, and, but then when I finally was able to get over that, it took me two weeks. And to it finish. is like 1000 times better than anything I would ever make. Do you know what I mean? Like if I, you know, it, that's the interesting part is it's like, there's, it's not all bad. Like you create high quality things. I think a lot of successful, actually there was another article that was like saying that a lot of successful people aren't perfectionists. Yeah. It makes sense. Like now looking back as a quote unquote older person, like just having like more life experience, I think it's more, I see people who, uh, who are actually really successful being willing to put out stuff that's j- just like, keep going, just keep yeah, making, making things mistakes. getting better. And I, I definitely get hung up and my hope is like, I need this first thing to be perfect versus, you know what? Sometimes you don't know if something's a good idea or a bad idea till it's like out yeah, in the world, yeah, and it's sure. better to just have lots of ideas. Not not to say you wouldn't put time into them. Like no. I think that is your greatest strength is that you are willing to be like good enough, move on. Because I actually can't know, especially when it comes to art. It's like you have to just make more, and that's a lesson I have a really hard time like 
internalizing. But at the same time, there is also like, yeah, no, I'm just, I'm on the other end. So I'm like, I honestly wouldn't mind if like, I had a <laughs> no, little the bit only, more like, The I don't only know. way I see it as positive for me is that it sometimes when I'm not procrastinating will allow me to spend ungodly amounts of hours on yes, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In can, a way yes, that yeah, like yeah, when yeah. I'm motivated, even if it's like board games or video games, like I don't see myself as a perfectionist in that space, but when oh I Oh my wa- god, you are. When I want to be good, I'll I'll, I'll play yeah. a video game for so long and to get better at it. it. You, when it's your turn in a board game, when it's my turn, I have pressure. I'm like, "Oh, this you'll yeah. wait, you'll think, <laughs> you'll if you were playing chess, you would take the time to think yeah. about the moves ahead. That's how you win the game. Like it is there's definitely positive Parts but then I take a year lose. off a project. Do you know what I mean? Yes, so it's like yeah. sometimes I way overthink. So they they in the, another meta analysis was looking at perfectionism in job applicants because again a lot of people will write I'm a perfectionist on a job applicant like a good thing application because they think it's a good thing and yeah. also hirers what the hell are their names employers <laughs> okay <laughs> employers okay anti capitalist over here. <laughs> employers what the hell are they called (laughs) will also see perfectionism as a trait that they want to hire so they did this meta-analysis of um job applications and then like following up on people and found that it did lead to them working longer hours and seeming more engaged with their jobs Mm -hmm. but the issues were interwork tension a lot Mm. a lot of the people create a lot of tension within the workspace as they constantly wanted other people to be up to their standards and they were like seen as not good team players yeah and they would sometimes be the worst procrastinators who would not get their work done on time because they were felt they were going to lose respect and would completely not complete tasks or quit before giving something in that they thought would make them lose respect yeah and it was like oh that's so interesting because i think a lot of those people would put down i'm a perfectionist like be done with it and be like, I'm going to get hired. And I think a lot of employers would also hire them. And it's like, Oh wait, there's actually these other parts. It's just remembering it's not all good. Cause I do think mm-hmm. there is a lot of good though. Like you create. Yeah. But I don't know if the good is being a perfectionist, right? Like the good is yeah. having a good work ethic and knowing how and when to put in the time and the details that are worth. Like it's the same reason that, like so many studies on like good managers and stuff. It really is good enough. Move on to know when you're at 80% and know that to get five more percent is actually going to take 10 times as long. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And being able, like they always say like a good leader is actually somebody who can, to, to know that point it's like a, such a good skill and perfectionists don't know that point so i think perfectionism actually like masks what is actually the good trait like those people who are perfectionists including myself have good traits it is yeah. like attention to detail it's yeah. like being organized it's wanting something to be good but then perfectionism gets to like take the claim to that but there's people who aren't perfectionists who have those traits hmm. and who can be really good at working and creating things and motivating people and teamwork like those are i just don't think yeah i don't think perfectionism should claim get to claim any of those things yeah i think in my but i've been on the other end like you know what i mean like i know what it feels like to be like when i think about you're saying it you're not like i just remember once i was like (laughs) i was like working at a camp there was three of us like i don't need to name names but like if they're listening to somebody it was like me and my two friends one i would say is a perfectionist the other one i'd say isn't and then there's me the one who's a perfectionist left for their days off at camp and we were in charge of like organizing what the kids would do and these kids were like older they were like 13 14 
we're panicking. We're like, oh my God, I don't know. We're going to do like a canoe. Like we're going to read books in the canoes and then we're going to swim. Okay. We're going to swim in the canoes. The day comes, they're like, oh yeah, in order to like do that canoe thing, that's great. But you need to have two extra lifeguards. We're like, what? They're like, everyone's booked. It's the day of. We're like, oh, okay. Well, they're like, you can go out in the canoes, but you can't get in the water. And we're like, oh, that's fine. So we just go that we get them all down. They all have their books we go out in the canoe it's blaring hot they're all oh i'm getting sunburned can we please jump in we're like sorry nope just keep reading oh we're like canoeing around they're burning in the sun they start to be like where is i'm not gonna name names the third person we're like <laughs> day off and they're all just like this sucks like this is not organized <laughs> this that person is not here that right. person with the they attention were aware to detail is gone and they're now aware maybe we were relying on them but it's just like there's funny moments where I'm like, well, I wish I had a little bit more mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of that. So like they're obvious. It's not all bad. Right. But I think perfectionism, if people identify as having it, which you do when reading these studies, it is pretty bad. Like it's pretty okay. challenging. Yeah, yeah. And, and there will always be those good parts that you'll have. This way, like when it ultimately in our lives, we're like trying to feel satisfied and happy. And I think someone who's carefree and makes mistakes gets to be carefree about their mistakes. Right? Yeah, to be honest, somebody who's a friend laughs about that all the time. Like, remember when we burnt those kids? And like, I do <laughs> think that they hopefully like still had a funny had memory. A memory, but but like truly we didn't care. Right. We were like, LOL lols. Like, <laughs> like, like yeah. we didn't actually get like, and like, shit, that's the, the other person of being pissed. carefree. You don't yeah. have to feel not that you don't feel bad about it, but nothing's that big a deal. Whereas yeah. even a perfectionist, when you get it to 99%, you're not happy. Yeah. So these are some other cognitive distortions of perfectionism based on studies, which is all or nothing thinking, which is something that blew my mind about you because we say, I say that to you all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I didn't know it had anything to do with perfectionism, but I'm like, you're that's like, you'll be like, it's either this or nothing at all. Mm -hmm. And it's like, (laughs) as someone who's not a perfectionist, I'm like, there's a thousand other options. And like, I say to you, like, that's an insane all or nothing thinking. And then you'll just like, look out the window and be like, and I'll be like, so all or nothing thinking, which is that like, yeah, I mean, I don't even know how else to, I don't even know how to describe what that even is. I, yeah, that's like a curse for me for sure. Like it's very difficult. Either to, it's this way or there's no point in doing because it. Because there's a right way when you're a perfectionist, right? So it's huh. like, well, why do it anyway but the right way? I'm not saying this is reasonable. I'm just saying uh, it feels the same. Even something as innocuous as the way to organize a drawer. It's like, well, why would we <laughs> at all organize it if it's just going to be I bad? also remember <laughs> like the first time I was living alone, like I was teaching in like London and I had like a little room, like apartment room. And it was like the first thing I had to clean. And I remember just like my friend was over and she was clearly a perfectionist and was like helping me clean. I don't even know why. <laughs> I feel like she came in and was like, the hell you live here? And we were like cleaning and then like, the TV was on like a, I don't know, like we're in Britain. So like a Chesterfield or okay. something. And I just like, <laughs> I think that's a Canadian word. Actually. Move the TV. I just dusted. Yeah. And then she was like, what are you doing? And I was like, well, I'm done. And there was like, obviously dust still under where the TV stands. Yeah. Was. And she was like, you move the TV and you don't, I'm like, well, what the, and she's right. like, what is the point in cleaning if you're there with the towel and you're not going to move the TV and do that? There's no point in you even cleaning <laughs> if you're not going to do I just remember and I like stuck with me because I'll still be cleaning and I'll be like, well, I'm not going to like move that. I'm just going to mm-hmm. dust around it. And I, her head, her voice comes into my head like, what is even the point right. of you doing this whole thing? And I'm like, well, because I dusted everything else. Right. Like, and but you're like, like, and the part is hidden. <laughs> yeah, but 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 it, it was it was like, okay, that was a perfectionist and me cleaning together. Uh, she I was like, she was like, you might as well have just not started. It was interesting. 
It stuck out. I to sort me. of think at the base of it, and this is anecdotal and for me, but obviously supported by some research, is that perfectionism is the result of some sort of underlying anxiety or severe self-judgment or something else that is pushing you to be that way because it's like you're not just like a perfectionist you don't just care so much about it it's usually because you fear the result on the other side is either judgment from other people or something is going to go wrong if it's not done right like you know what I mean? Like the fear of being hurt by some, or something being yeah. unclean and getting moldy. And now that's going to damage my property and do yeah. bad things. Like yeah. but that's like a type Your of Your fear of mold is insane. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah. You have like, you have an, I would say an over <laughs> an over <laughs> like overblown fear of mold. I do not. <laughs> yes, I'm actually do. not. I do not. You <laughs> sniff like gorgeously fresh yogurt and you're like, I don't know. I'm like, well, it's not moldy. <laughs> like, it's like, no, that's because you literally don't have like no sense Mitch, perception. Mitch, I'm like, okay. Greg will full on eat just like moldy food. And I'm like, that is and then not, you'll be like, I'm not tummy ache for two days. I'm, I'm like, not you eat moldy eating food. moldy food. I'm not <laughs> eating like blue cheese ass yogurt. I am not doing that. <laughs> Other things that perfectionists do overgeneralization. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to go through them because I feel like I'm getting distracted because uh-huh. it's so interesting, but it's overgeneralization. Mental filters that only focus on the negatives, discounting the positives in situations, mm-hmm. jumping to conclusions, magnification or minimization of like life events, emotional reasoning, which is weird. It's like, I have no confidence in my abilities. I must be a terrible like person, mm. like making your like ability, your, your, your whole being, right, your personality or yeah, like your personal failure. Yeah. And should statements like I should be department head by now. Yeah. And then, like, basing your identity I on... should be the department head of ASAP Science, but no. <laughs> <laughs> basing your identity on... Um, it's called labeling. Like, basing your identity on the minor mistake you did, like, mm-hmm. in that moment. And then just, like, blaming, like, personalization and just blaming things on yourself, like, that you don't need to do. Yeah. There's, like, another study just, like, went through them all. They're all just so intense. Yeah, it is really intense. That's what I mean. I think it, it comes down to, like, these other... For me, a lot of this perfectionist traits come out of, like severe um fight or flight responses not always severe but it's like it's fear-based you know what i mean it's like the idea that i have to do it a certain way or else what but i don't actually like explore that that's what we have to learn in therapy like oh yeah what if what if that happens yeah okay well what if that happens like going to the natural conclusion and then realizing oh that's actually not that big a deal yeah what if people don't like this okay so then what yeah what if that happens like are you gonna die so that helps you yeah, but I don't know. Like, I don't normally go through that brain process. I just get stuck in the like, this needs to be done this way because it has to be the best it can be. Otherwise, I'm going to be judged harshly. Some um, studies have these things called 30 days of dare to be average, which is like they'll take <laughs> perfectionists, like psychologists will get, like, if they figure out that their patient's a perfectionist for 30 days, they like dare them to be like imperfect, <laughs> not give in to their f- fear. Like, and it, apparently it helps them be like way more creative, let inspiration and passion rule rather, rather than contemplating. My therapist tried this once. I mean, maybe I can't remember. I said this on the oh, podcast. Really? I've definitely told you. He was like, you need to go in public and make an embarrassing, stupid joke in front of your friends or in front of strangers. Oh, that my was my God. challenge in therapy. Did you do it? No. Oh my God. In <laughs> fact, know what you did. Procrastination. You quit therapy probably. <laughs> oh, sorry. I was sick, like, sick, oh, sick, done. He's, he's a bad therapist. Not actually. even kidding. You did that. That's so funny. Uh, no, no, I did not quit. 
I still go to this therapist. Sorry, like, but you, there and, was and, a time but I did talk to him about it. Off. I was like, I yeah, I did take time <laughs> away. It was probably then, but I did. We <laughs> talked about it, and it was just like the idea for me of feeling like the awareness of cringe and having to pretend that I didn't care. Like, well, I would have to be like immediately if I did that. Like, my therapist made me do that. <laughs> well, the other orient or socially prescribed perfections when you feel like others expect you to be perfect like that is the like we're at a restaurant and i can't talk loud vibes yeah it's like it is interesting it like it links to how in public you're constantly like it's crazy well here's my challenge no i do talk loud i do talk loud and (laughs) my challenge is you no no, literally but like in everything and i've talked about this therapy i'm sure other people agree (laughs) in everything and for things for you as well it's sometimes difficult to know the line between when is what i want appropriate and when is it over the top so like well okay lots of people for want, me no 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 pause <laughs> lots of people want a calm civilized <laughs> society where everyone can mind their business and just like oh chill my God. Right? like there are different levels of that in different societies i would laugh so hard when we visited japan because it's so orderly on the subway it's so quiet and then here you and our friend are just talking so loud everyone's absolutely staring at us and i'm like that's how i feel everywhere i go with you but at the same time it's like well you didn't actually do anything bad. Like you didn't actually, it's not like you're going crazy on this. Well, I also think it's me figuring out like, when is it appropriate to be like, you're actually um, interrupting other people's lives in a negative way versus, Oh, I'm just overanalyzing and overthinking it. Yeah. I mean, I do feel like I do feel like I act the same on the subway or at a restaurant and the reaction will be different from you than from other people and will be different from other people who may be a perfectionism too. Say that again, sorry. Like I act the same, which is maybe like quite loud. I love being at a restaurant and laughing and being like joyous. Yeah. And I think that like, I don't think of it as bad at all. Like I think of it as like, but like I'm saying (laughs) your reaction to it is always very specific. Because sometimes you're on the subway and you don't realize, but you're literally like half sitting on a train. Okay. I'm just saying there's obviously, I'm trying to say there are other people who also clock that in me who are probably more perfectionist than there are other people who are also like me being loud and exuberant on the subway. Yeah, and I have a severe fear of like inconveniencing or bothering other people. And there's not a lot of examples where it's come to fruition, but there's enough that have self-perpetuated it. Like I remember, this wasn't your fault, but we were out to dinner with a group of friends once. I remember like having such a nice time laughing. We were at um, an Indian restaurant and this group, this man from another table came over and was like, can you please be quiet? But it was like, we actually were not being that loud. No, we were actually being fun. And he was also gross. Yeah. But in those moments, that gave me so much anxiety. But like, how? okay, that man, he literally looked like a villain from a Disney (laughs) movie. He was like this white man in like a suit who was like a lawyer with his like Karen wife. Like they were, (laughs) they were so like. Well, they, okay, to be honest, what I thought was it was not just him with his wife they were with like maybe five other people of which one was maybe our age but the rest looked like older and i thought maybe their hearing's not good and actually they can't hear each other (laughs) which is fine but But you know it goes back and forth between the balance of like but we weren't we actually weren't being like screaming or anything. and they were were truly i was like this is like a book club that has decided to come here they were (laughs) there the way they were speaking like was like like um, they were like 
And should we? Yeah, we were at a loud restaurant to begin with. Yes, and it was an Indian restaurant packed full of people. (laughs) It was like not just us. It was bad, like acoustics. Mm -hmm. I understand that could have been frustrating, but it was funny. Like when we left, I was like, that they sucked. (laughs) Yeah. Whereas you might have left and been like, we sucked. I do, but then I also have a flip in my head that goes, those people suck so much because then I I was so mad at them. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, even though it gave me some. No, you're right. We did, like, we maybe, like, no, well, you were able to express how it could have been hard for them just now. It wasn't like you hated them. I was no, talking but about No, he did though. look evil. And I remember yeah. the young girl was embarrassed yeah. and I kept staring at her. I yeah. was like, you better speak oh to that God, man. So mean, so <laughs> no, he was, his vibe was so was awful. scary. But uh, so that's always my fear is to genuinely when it, when we shouldn't be disturb other people. And that is definitely related to some level of perfectionism because I don't want to appear a certain way. And that, that again, it's always me going back to like, I know it can be linked with depression and anxiety, all these things, but I think also anxiety can perpetuate perfectionism. Yeah, yeah. Another like things that can help is making pros and cons lists. And they showed in the study a visual depiction of perfectionist pros and cons list. And there's literally like one pro and then like 48 cons for all <laughs> really? the things that they're, they, they, yeah. and they said one of the simplest things is just make a pros and More cons pros. list to the thing that's bothering you. And you'll realize you're writing down all these cons and the pro is like, it's perfect or something. What? Like, okay. That's like <laughs> such, so horribly explained. <laughs> so you make a pros and cons list about your self-identified perfectionism in that moment. Like about what I'm doing. Like, okay, I made this video. Is you it- literally have a music video that in my opinion is done, but you keep saying you have things you want to do. Mm-hmm. That's perfectionism. You write right. down the pros and cons list of what of like, you continuing to work on the thing versus, versus not. And done. you might like, and it was interesting how often these cons like would negative. come up that then the people would look and be like, Oh my God, this is like not an even pros and cons. In a I, good way or in a bad way. That's what a, I don't get. Like the, sorry. The, like what is, I think having a lot of cons is like, if I'm a, sorry, the cons to your perfectionism, to uh, continuing to work on your music video. I see. Okay. The cons would be it doesn't come out. I find right. even more mistakes. Yeah, yeah. I, I do see. all this work, and then it doesn't even matter because people Versus don't even like it anyway. Versus the pro, as it gets like one percent better. Like literally, some people they would not be able to figure out the pro. Got it. Sorry, to the perfectionist action. No, you're right. You did that when you said it was done, and I was like, no, there's so much left I want to do on this video, and then I was like, for what? Like literally the things I wanted to fix on this video was like the placement of the lyrics by, by like pixel, like fr- like the tiniest amount of frames. Do a pros and cons on that. And I was like, then I did stop and I was like, actually no one's going to care. Yeah. Eh, but that, oh my God. I want it, you know, I, in my mind before thinking about that, I was like, oh, but I want it in the right spot. The spot that looks the best. But okay. I, this is when I like can relate about perfect. Like when I paint, like I am like, I don't like any of like it's like you (laughs) you like i want to keep i'm around you who are you are the biggest perfectionist that i that i truly know in my life so i get i'm like i'm not i'm crazy i'm messy but i'm like i can relate to that feeling i'm Mm -hmm. like i could definitely keep working on these paintings because i hate them (laughs) but then it's like you show them to people and they're like oh my god i love it and they like don't even think about how it's not done yeah and you you like i definitely i'm like okay i have to it sucks that I'm not proud. Like it sucks mm-hmm. that I'm not like, this is amazing. I will like, I haven't really felt that like ever, even when I think that for like an hour, then an hour later, I'm like, ugh. Mm-hmm. like that is like kind of the nature of creating. And another tactic that they talk about is you have to learn how to be process oriented. You have to learn how to like enjoy the yeah. process. So that's why with painting, I'm like, okay, I go into a flow state. It makes me feel really accomplished when I do it. It definitely doesn't make me sad. Mm-hmm. The only time I actually feel sad about it is when I'm done painting and I look at it and I'm like, 
having to judge it or like you judge it and you're just like and that is like what they're saying is perfectionists do they're always thinking about the outcome of the product not what it feels like to do it and i feel like i can relate to that too like i don't i have to yeah. force myself to remember totally that. yeah that's something i've had to try so hard to think about i have to force myself as well and like also looking at mistakes as opportunities for growth like with paintings it's like like it's okay if there's a mistake now your next painting you'll have learned something yeah but i have a hard time with that too i'm just like yeah. i hate that painting it sucks it just reminds me of the little yeah, mistake I that's on I it. i know with that sort of thing it's interesting because if i look at something from 10 years ago i'll easily be like oh so good like good job like when you're really like, well even if it's bad objectively it's uh-huh. like, sorry not objectively but even if it's like more rough because it's less refined because i've spent 10 years getting better at something it's easier to be non-judgmental judgmental to yourself long enough away as though it's a friend. Weird. I actually, I disagree. I get so... You hate your old paintings. Um, yeah, but aren't yeah. you like proud that you tried them? I just feel I like guess. there yeah. are things that in the moment I obsess over, but sometimes I see something from a long time ago. Yeah, there's times when I'm like, that's cringy, like that we did that. But there are things that I remember either like hmm. being not totally satisfied it didn't feel done and we still put it out or like it didn't perform that well whatever now i look back and i'm like yeah, th- oh okay yeah, yeah no i can relate to that because sure. i don't identify with that person as much anymore that yeah version totally that it's easier kind of like when a friend shows you something you're not going to be harsh you're going to be like that's cool that you did that yeah regardless of if there's even if i notice a mistake that's still cool yeah um i have a study that i was going to bring up that i thought was interesting as well before we like wrap up um, so basically there were like two big meta-analysis published in the last year and what they found was that the main factors or two of the main factors for perfectionism were parental expectations and criticism. Oh yeah. We haven't talked about that. Cause yeah. that is like, well, where does it come from? And it is. And, and they okay. played again. They said both in self-oriented and other oriented but but parental criticism and expectations as two distinct things but what was interesting was that parental expectations had a way bigger impact not their criticism necessarily like obviously their criticism did but it was more what you as a young person thought your parents expected of you that made you drive for perfectionism so it's like young people internalize these expectations and depend on them for their self-esteem so when your parents don't necessarily teach you that their expectations, it's okay to like be below or, you know, it's, it's okay to fail sometimes, which is inevitable. If you're just living up to their expectations, um, you're much more likely to be critical of yourself for not matching. That's so, because remember recently we were talking about like scrutiny and how like, like you like, aren't like your parents weren't necessarily like always saying you did this wrong, but yeah. even you were saying, but by them saying, Oh, like by them even congratulating you when you did things well. Totally. But maybe just ignoring or not saying anything about when you did things well. Yeah, I don't think I got criticized heavily because I was a high achiever, but it was self-perpetuated, or not self, it was like perpetuated by praise. It was perpetuated by, it's not like my parents to me ever said like, you must achieve this goal. But didn't you get like money for grades and stuff like that? Only maybe when I was really young at a certain, not really young, but there might've been like a year or two where it was kind of like celebratory. If you got like an A plus, I don't remember if it was money or candy or, you know what I mean? Like, I but think that's they were just interesting because you can see why that would just feel like a good thing to do. Yeah. And it felt good as a kid. I was like proud of myself in that same exact way. And it didn't feel like 
I was being going to be punished if I didn't yeah, or something. But the like punishment that. is just the, the non-acknowledgement of the, the, yeah, the non-acknowledgement or even just the concept of having to think about being scrutinized. Yeah, and it's about. literally related to what you just said. When you're not, when, whether you're given a reward or not, it is irrespective of the journey to get there. It's only about the end result. Yeah, like you yeah, could yeah. have been like, I actually yeah, learned whoa, so much, but I just didn't do that well on this test. Or like I got nervous and anxious and flubbed the exam or, or I played piano at a competition and just like forgot something that like doesn't actually say yeah. anything about the, the whole fact that you learned the piece there. and made and forgot something. Yeah. And now yeah. you like had a, if you had a good time, like I just think <laughs> that type of parenting to remember there's nothing wrong with wanting to achieve, but even when you don't to be like, well, you, you tried really hard. And I'm like, so not a perfectionist. Like, I'm just, like <laughs> thinking I'm like, but first of all, like I'm like, like our parents, like it is so interesting. Like we have very different parents and mm-hmm. like your parents have created a perf- like I think a few perfectionists in your family for whatever yeah. reason. And like my thing with my parents is like that they didn't like praise me. <laughs> and like, it's just so funny. Like I'm actually in this moment quite appreciative because I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm not a perfectionist. It's not about, it wasn't about yeah. like, but like obviously they still were like, if I was like doing bad, they'd be like, you're doing like bad. Like, I don't know. I, I, don't, I think that's, I, I'm, I am just speaking from my own mind right now. Like, it makes more sense to me to worry if something is going terribly wrong, right? Like if yeah. someone's want, like I would not like, going to class or <laughs> totally failing at a school, like then it is feels appropriate to come in and be like okay. something's I up, was right? never failing at a school, but I like do feel like that, sometimes but. I was like doing well and they would just be like, cool. And like move on. I'd be like, well, where's my money? <laughs> like, or I would just be like, but my thing is that it's led me to be such an exaggerator because I feel mm. like I was constantly wanting like yeah. some sort of praise. So I exaggerate everything because i'm trying to overcompensate so that you get the reaction and it's like so crazy because i'll still do it and people will just be like cool and i'll be like well actually like it was (laughs) like just take two dollars off what i pay like it's like it has led to this like kind of thing that i don't think is that damaging but it is embarrassing when i'm caught in Mm -hmm. like these little like lies and people are just like what is that and i'm like oh it's because i actually was like constantly just wanting like Mm -hmm. some sort of affirmation (laughs) so i feel like there is like I appreciate that I'm not a perfectionist because, like, I never was whatever to an extreme that you were, yeah. like, thought like thought my parents were judging me in any way. But then also, like, I did a piano recital once and, like, truly went up. And it was, like, Celine Dion, Power of Love. And it was just me, like, at this piano recital, just, like, bash, burn, <laughs> bash, burn, burn. And then, like, the piano teacher came and sat beside me and, like, played it, like, pretty much for me. Oh. And then I, like, just was, like, okay. Like, I mean, I like it obviously like when I got up there it was like, damn, Greg, like you maybe should have practiced more. But it was cool how like I was never reprimanded. I was yeah, just like, didn't feel I was obviously it. probably purple in the face of embarrassment. But even after I remember like you were able to let it go Like at the reception, like the friends, parents being like, oh, you did good. And me just being like, LOL. Like, I know <laughs> I didn't, but like kind of laughing and like, yeah, so it, it healthier attitude to laugh. it's an early memory and I was embarrassed, but there is just such a world where that is like a horrible memory where I'm like reprimanded and it's like Like in trouble. It's just really interesting that I just, to me, it was a personal story for myself being like, a, I got through that Mm -hmm. B I can't believe I was able to not practice to the (laughs) point that like I got up there and was literally like, yeah, I haven't practiced this (laughs) like this. And then just sort of like, it was all about me learning that on my own. 
And to this day, I, even with my parents, I'm just like, I was never interested in piano. <laughs> I wanted to be a dancer. Like, it's just like, it's so funny. Like, they, I think, just chose it because it's like an easy thing yeah, to do. Yeah, music is always like encouraged. But it's and like, it's, I didn't feel judged good or bad in that moment. Yeah, but I felt good. embarrassed and it was just all on it's me. It's natural. But that's nice that your parents just left room for it to not be a problem at all. You know? I, I think. And I, yeah. I, I feel like for me, I never. Like I've had that similar experience. Like I, I did work really hard and I did like perform really well, usually at piano specifically. But there were a couple of times when I fully blanked and I never ever got in trouble for it. You know, yeah, what I mean? like my, yeah. my parents that would, would feel crazy. bad. That They'd would feel like, so they would crazy. Smart, but I would self judge myself and cry and cry after. But my mom oh, would wow. just be like, It's fine. You know what I mean? Like yeah. but it is interesting because even some of these studies say like well, I saw some psychologists who did these studies were like, um, they think it's a pending public health issue because it's becoming so much more common, perfectionism, especially in a world that's like mm. ultra competitive, whether it's school, um, like inequalities, like getting worse and worse. Yeah. So there's like more competition and reason for parents to put pressure on their kids. Oh um, but they said perfectionism can perpetuate through generations. And so perfectionist parents can raise easily perfectionist children because like you follow you know what I mean? Like yeah. you learn those behaviors. And it sounds like you're even not it's like you can do it so by mistake. You're just trying to reward your kid when they do well. Or yeah. Something. And yeah. you're trying to create a situation where their future can be bright. Yeah, yeah. And like opportunity, because obviously there's also the other end of things that you're worried about. Like if they don't get these oh opportunities, God, it's, so scary. it's scary for a parent. Yeah. Um, but really like this study ended because they had found over the last 40 years, perfectionism has gone up 40% or sorry, it was a pressure from parents has like, gone up on average 40% for people. The expectations, the thing that they say is the worst. Um, and then, but it's like, what can parents actually do? Because they're also tied into this literal capitalist system that is driving the force of anxiety for everyone. Um, that they were just like, you have to focus on learning and development, not test scores or social media. And that helps children develop health, healthy self-esteem, which doesn't depend on others' validation or external metrics. Hmm. So it's like, of course you want your kids to do well. And I think that's totally okay to encourage them to, as long as the other end of like when they fail or if they fail, they're also taught how to deal with those emotions in a positive way. Yeah. Cause like no matter what, yes, we live in an ultra competitive world and uh, and it's like from the parents' best intentions most yeah. of the time that they're yeah trying. no I'd be yeah no it's so hard being a parent's so hard you just you're just figuring out all the ways you're probably messing your kid up or trying mm -hmm. to like just doing your best yeah and regardless like you're gonna I just think it's inevitable that's like that is evolution we're just passing down traits and at the same time in a great or grander view it's like humans are meant to be diverse right yeah, like having yeah. all these different traits can allow us to like thrive and survive in different situations. Like yeah, perfectionism may be detrimental, you, but it can definitely also, helped you yeah. so much. It's just one of those things where it's like, but how is it not? And just learning about it. Yeah. My, my final take on it is that same thing. Your greatest strength is your greatest weakness. Almost yeah. always. I believe that. And it's just important to like, focus on that and learn how it can not be like and how, how it can become can, your just keep it in the strength area yeah and like learn yeah. I, I just think like that dichotomy will always exist so yeah. how do you minimize the weakness part of it or just become really aware of it yeah so that it doesn't like yeah perfectionism can just lead to a lot of mental strife that's yeah. definitely not worth what you get from it yeah i don't think no it is and it, and yeah we we've lived through a time where it's like not become just a good thing growing mm -hmm. up. I would have been like, I wish I was one. Yeah.
Oh, yeah, fascinating. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm sure there's other perfectionists out there. I'm sure you have lots of thoughts, so feel free to share it with us through, you know, the internet. Um, but thanks for listening. Otherwise, hopefully oh, you can accept yes. that your um, greatest strength is your greatest weakness. Okay, <laughs> bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.